Good evening and welcome to the Buddy Martin Show coming up. Good evening and welcome to the Buddy Martin Show coming up right here next. Todd Swearingen joins the program, Tom Schmitz, and back after a stay, David Moulton, asking the question, among other things, is it always decommits or is it sometimes attrition in recruiting? And why does everybody hate on Felipe Franks? Coming up next right here, stay tuned. Yes, it's time again for Buddy Martin. Call him up and tell him what you're thinking. But be kind because he's doing the best he can. Better. Stronger. Faster. Mama says that alligators are ornery because they got all them teeth but no toothbrush. Hey, what if the voice calls while you're gone? Take a message. <laughs> Bye. I'm ready for this my whole life. I'm incapable of small talk. <laughs> but that's why you love me, right? Kind of intimidating to be in the presence of so many great athletes. Good evening. Didn't get to do my dance tonight like this. Got too tied up pushing buttons and doing stuff here on week two of football season for everybody. Now, we've caught up, and uh, we're into it now. And it just seems now once it catches up, it goes so fast. Up this week, not a terribly exciting game, but one that will count in the standings in a big way, the same as the others of non-conference foes. UT Martin joins the Gators this weekend for a beatdown on <clears throat> a payday. This is kind of the way it goes. <clears throat> and we'll talk about some of the other games as we go. Tonight we'll talk um, about Todd Swearingen, a very, uh, I consider him erudite guy when it comes to football at all levels, especially at high school where he's coached. He's very much on a lot of their local recruits. He's also got a good perspective on a column he wrote this week for Gator Bait about when does it decommit and when is it just attrition? Timely because this week Florida just had another decommit, a three-star from Tampa tight end. We'll talk about that with Todd. Coming up later, Tom Schmitz will join us, give us his take on things and a little trivia. And <clears throat> my buddy David Moulton, who I think is a very, very good conversationist about college football, is back now after a couple of weeks. He'll join the program tonight. We'll talk with him about that as well. Uh, <clears throat> Have you got the news? It's a wear white day. No, it's not. It was wear white day, Scott Strickland said, in the swamp on Saturday, except they changed it. They want you to wear Mr. Two-Bit shirts. I'm assuming that means yellow. So it'll be the first time yellow's ever worn. Special commemoration of Mr. Two-Bits. His family will actually be the celebrity Two-Bits <clears throat> as a group. Coming up this weekend on Saturday, it's hard to believe. I was thinking the whole week it was a day game, but it's a night game. So that's something we'll talk about. Um, and uh, also, <clears throat> Gators dropped in the standings. Does it even matter? Does it even matter? A little disrespectful, but, you know, don't overreact to that. Good evening to Jake Allen Lamb, Nat Blaylock, the mayor of Newberry. Good evening to you. Steve Young, Dilly Dilly. 
Go Gators. Kyle McGraw Long. Good evening to you. Dan Bond, all the way out in Dallas, Texas. Hello, Dan. Trey Jones. Yeah, well, I might. I guess too confusing, uh, Trey, to go there about the Hurricanes. Hey, Mike, my heart is just good to hear from you. I know you've been under the weather. Glad to see you're back, <clears throat> and uh, hope you're feeling better, and hope to see you more often. Good evening, Matt Lee, Jason Bruton. Yo, yo. Alexander Pereira my man. Alexander says, like and share, like and share. I love that. Rob Wentworth, hello. Lauren Meadows, good evening to you, my friend up in Ohio. Uh, Becky Smith Carlisle, usually almost the first one in. Uh, Matt DuBose. Um, yeah, I want to talk about this a little bit. Dan talks about how about the HPC trolling Tennessee. Yeah. I, uh, I talked to him today. <clears throat> and I, I'll be honest, I got a little concerned because he has a new podcast and it's on WRUF. And I thought maybe because he's on there, he might not be able to come on the show. And so I said, well, if we don't get him, we don't get him after all these years of having on the show. But we're good. Uh, we talked today. He's going to come on every other week or so and <clears throat> share his knowledge. And also, uh, we'll also m- mention his podcast and help him with that too. So there's room for everybody. No problem there. Um, let's see. Willie Taggart is in need of Gatorade and Tallahassee. And, and that's been going around that. And the dehydration story just won't go away because Willie keeps talking about it. And there's probably an element of truth to it. There's got to be some reason why they blew an 18-point lead. They looked dominant for, you know, for three quarters or whatever it was. And, then of course, they just gave out. And uh, I would think that a coach like Willie Taggart would have – a trainer who would know to keep them hydrated and their game was in Tallahassee. It wasn't in the Sahara Desert, just so you know. <clears throat> so that goes on. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Good steak dinner tonight, Joni Fix, but something got caught in my throat. So, um, yeah, uh, Lauren Meadows says, I got mine. You mean your Gatorade? <clears throat> Sissy Long. Good evening, Sissy. Good evening to you. And uh, go Gator Bait. Yeah, I like that. Like that, go Gator Bay. We're working hard on this next issue. We're having to hurry it along because of the, we were afraid we wouldn't have power to finish it off. So most of our stuff is in for the night. We've been working on it all day. And thanks again to Blake and Chad and our team and a new team member, which I'll tell you about a little bit later on. We're excited about having him too, as a matter of fact. Uh, Brendan Martin is uh, looking working hard on the site. Tom Schmitz of Gator Bay TV. So, Dan Bond says he has his Mr. T-Boot, Mr. T-Tubit shirt. Good. Lauren Meadows has got his, too. Um, <clears throat> long day for Len Tindall. Uh, yeah, um, thoughts and prayers to everybody in the path of hur- the hurricane. And, we, and we, uh, we know that just because we have dodged the bullet doesn't mean everybody else will. And there's uh, thoughts and prayers for people on the Carolina coast all the way up there. So uh, I know that Lynn Tindall, our chief knight, lives up in uh, Brunswick, still in almost in the cone. So all the best to Lynn and Jennifer and, and, all the, and Dalton and all the gang up there. And hope you dodge this one too. Um, <clears throat> yeah, David Baldar says he's beginning to feel the effects of it over in Daytona. <clears throat> Goodness gracious. Let me get some more. <clears throat> Yeah, I'm beginning to get some um, effects of it. 
Yeah. Oh, that's right, Lauren. You're in Kissimmee tonight. You, you know, well, you're out of the way, too. So. Uh, so we'll catch up with all you folks. I'm going to go now to the phone lines and get a hold of my buddy, Todd Swearingen, who I consider to be a very, as I said, erudite guy when it comes to football. Knows a lot about recruiting. In fact, uh, he, he he used to coach some out of Vanguard. Vanguard's loaded with some talent out there. We'll check up uh, on him and see what's going on and see what he knows. Um, <clears throat> and let me dial this number right here. Go out on Skype and get this. Oh, my kingdom for a producer. Back in the days of real radio when I had a chance to, to get me this number and get me that number, and somebody always did, but uh, – now, it ain't happening that way. I know you get tired of me talking about it. So, uh, All right, new call. This is going to go into this number on Skype. That's work, though. We'll say it's pretty cool. And this is the number. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Hmm. Okay, <clears throat> Jake Allen Lamb says Daytona is getting a heavy ban right now. Uh, <clears throat> let's see uh, who else is coming here tonight about the hurricane. Hurricanes already hit the balls this weekend. Hey, Good evening to uh, Todd Swearingen, who apparently, like me, is safe and sound and dry. How are you, Todd? Well, I am safe and sound and I am dry. So there you go. It's hey. a good night. It's a good thing, yeah. Well, talk about some of our friends up the way along Jacksonville and the Carolina coast and Brunswick, and they're still not out of it yet. So we hope and pray that they, you know, it's an odd thing when you start praying for the hurricanes not to hit you. You got to remember they're going to hit somebody else if they don't hit you. So it's kind of conflicting, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It is very conflicting. I've got friends up and down the coast as well. And, you know, the, I think we all kind of look for where is Jim Cantori? He shows He's, up in your county. Look out. Not good for you. Not good for you. Exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. So how you doing, Todd? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. It's uh, college football season again. And, uh, it's fun the past couple weekends and catching games. And I kind of like every night having a game like on Labor Day weekend. So that was, that was really cool. So mm-hmm. looking forward to another good weekend of college football. And mm-hmm. uh, kicking off the quarterback club tomorrow night with the uh, Scott Brantley Trophy listed now. I want to talk about that, but and, and I've got several levels of things to talk with you about because you're so involved and done a great job with the Scott Brandon Trophy and how people people should know about this if they don't. But I want to also talk to you about Gator football where you've been following. You have a good piece that you wrote, which you're going to run down the road about your first game up, up in Florida field before it was a swamp, and then you have a really good piece on recruiting or lack of or say this. Another perspective on people – who get when you get a decommit as a sky falling, and you're involved in it as a former high school coach. You know a lot of, in fact, you know some of the a lot of the players out of Vanguard who have some five stars, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, your in your piece and our voices from the swamp guest column this week uh, talks about sometimes attrition is a way of life in college football, and you use a great example of it. Um, and um, I'd like your points too as well about what the reality is of five points about college football. Talk to folks about why, what that is about and, and where that perspective came from. Yeah, so that uh, perspective came from, I think it goes back to the spring when you know Florida started having this rash of decommits and 
uh, the quarterback that uh, entered the portal and left. And, you know, it was just – it was like the sky was falling. Well, that's at every college football program. So the point I, I tried to make at Peace was this is commonplace um, and it's normal. Um, and the reason I, that I say that is I took the very best team in Alabama and I looked at their transfer. I looked at what happens to their guys. And I'll give you a, a great example from that article. So the 2015 Alabama signing class was the number one signing class in the country. The crown jewel of that class was a guy by the name of Blake Barnett. You know where Blake Barnett was Saturday? Yeah, I think I saw him. Yeah, he was running for his life down at UC, mm-hmm. down at uh, South Florida from mm-hmm. Wisconsin. Yeah. So, yeah, and not to get on Blake Barnett, look, the kids are going to do what's best for them. The real point I, that I tried to make in that piece was this is part of college football now. Whether you like it or you don't, it, there's two things that are going to be uh, absolute. You're either going to be a program that uh, knows how to deal with it, you're going to have players come and go, and you're going to be a uh, fan base that knows how to deal with it because players are going to come and go. Um, I'll throw out a number. Uh, I, let me ask you this question, but how many quarterbacks do you think entered the transfer portal uh, from November the 15th to April the 30th in this past offseason. Just, qu- just quarterbacks? quarterbacks? Just quarterbacks, not players, just quarterbacks. I'm going to say uh, 28. Uh, <clears throat> you're 101 off because it was 129. What? Are you kidding yeah. me? Wow. Now, well, and I'll give it, and I, and I remember you writing a piece on this kid, and he's a great kid. I met him. I watched him play against Vanguard. He's a terrific talent. A kid by the name of Wyatt Rector yep. down at Leesburg. Yep. Not a household name, not a superstar, but a kid that went to uh, Eastern Michigan. Um, things didn't go well there and then entered the transfer portal. And I didn't know he left. He's at Florida State now. So I knew that. I, I follow his dad yeah, down I, in Leesburg. Yeah. 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 I, don't, I didn't know it. I was just looking down the list. I'm going, what? Yeah. And he was a kid that was committed. To Virginia for a long time. So right. again, to go go back relative to the piece that's going to be in the magazine, it just talks about attrition is part of college football now. The days of signing, you know, twenty five guys and having twenty of them be seniors, I, I think is non-existent. I, I I can't see that any other than military academies. I just don't see that occurring any place because it's happening at the high school level. I mean, let's take Edwin Farmer at uh, Vanguard High School in Ocala. Yes. He has, a, he has a system in place now where they get a transfer player, which they do every year, that he assigns a mentor to that player to show them this is how we do things in the program to facilitate their process to change to what they're doing to ramp them up to help his team. Well, if they're doing it at the high school level, certainly it's not going to go at the college level. So attrition is part of it. Uh, didn't, didn't seem to hurt Alabama um, Saturday. I mean, uh, Sunday night when they played. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a little different take. And you mentioned in this piece uh, some top-rated players get drafted. Most don't. Uh, number two, the idea of the death chart is so loaded because it caused of great players to leave isn't always true. If it were true, I doubt many would go leave for Kansas or JUCO and Scuba Mississippi. Number three. College football, like life, sometimes this doesn't work out the way you hoped it would. Um, a solid program, number four, with strong leadership can overcome attrition. Number five, college football recruiting is a strange and dynamic part of the game, and it's likely to remain that way and deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, 
don't want doesn't want I don't want to come out as this doom and gloom or this negative. It's just the way it is now. I mean, look at our society. Things have changed. I think if you're going to be successful, uh, matter of fact, I'm convinced of if you're going to be successful uh, in college football, you're going to be a program that can not only withstand transfers, but you can have a program that attracts them. I mean, uh, we'll go back to Florida's win versus Miami. If the Louisville defensive lineman, defensive end, Jonathan Grenard is not in that game, uh, that may be a different game. He, so, he, he played for two. Well, when he entered the, well, he played yeah. two, for two teams right prior to this. And then, yeah, yeah, he for two teams prior yeah, to this. Yeah. So I think these, when you look at the transfer, sometimes it's all who who mm. who, who did we lose as mm. a fan base and right. who decommitted and you know all those things. That, look, look, if a guy's in your program and he stays in your program, uh, he's probably going to be a player that can contribute at some point. But mm. the, the reality is now is about a third of the guys that every program signs, including what I think is the best team and the best run program in the country in Alabama, if it happens to them, well, why wouldn't it happen anyplace else? Because it's just a normal part of society, kids, teenagers, the football players, all the influences from the outside. It's, it's you know, we get college football 24-7 if we want it as fans. But what do you think the five-star kid gets now with all the contacts with Twitter and yeah, Instagram and all yeah. the things that never go away? It yeah. really never stops. I have friends that are high school coaches. I go with them places. I mean, the, it, it literally stop, and it does. The phone never stops. There are some guys asking, "Look, I'll be glad to meet you for lunch if you leave your car. I mean, if you leave your phone in your car, I just I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to watch you put down at your phone thirty times. Uh, I just yeah. don't want to do it." Yeah, I know when you're in it, uh, you were in it. I could never get you. I can hardly get you now, but I couldn't get you at all then. Yeah. Uh, well, as long as we're on the subject of Vanguard, talk about those five stars out there. I had a great day visiting with them this past summer. What's going on with those guys? Yeah, so the guys we're talking about are uh, Leonard Manuel, Manuel mm-hmm. who's uh, the wide receiver who has committed to Florida. Um, and I think that's pretty solid right now, but that could change. And then the two juniors, Bryce Langston, and who's the defensive end, who I, I think may end up being the top-rated defensive end in the country. He might be a tight end, end too, the way he catches the ball. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, well, and, and he's very – to give uh, fans listening to this show uh, some uh, insight, think of Wilbur Marshall. Because Wilbur Marshall, yep. when he played in high school, played tight end and defensive end. Uh, matter of fact, he was recruited to Florida to play tight end. Yep. He ended up playing linebacker in a 3-4 system. But, mm-hmm. So a kid out of, that came, out of that same kind of mold. And then a uh, mm-hmm. kid named uh, Trevante Rucker, uh, wide receiver, yep. um, Shane Matthews and I both agree on, might be the best wide receiver in the state of Florida, bar none. Hmm. Uh, he's that good. Nice so, young man. I talent. enjoyed visiting with yeah. him, too. He's a nice kid. I'm rooting for him. Yeah, I'm rooting for him, too. And But there's a personal connection. Uh, this shows how old I am. I coached his dad. So mm. I guess that's good. I've, I've lived long enough to say that I've coached people's dads. There you go. I mean, there's fun. Yeah. As long as you didn't coach your grandfather, I could probably do that. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's great. Now, let's talk uh, for a second about uh, the Gators because I know you're passionate about them. There's a lot that goes on up there that you, not very little you don't know what, what it is. Of course, the big mystery, I guess it's not a mystery, is that will the fans ever learn to love Felipe Franks? And I posted a, well, before the show a picture and said, why do people hate on Felipe? And I get part of it. I understand part of it. But 
I'm kind of old school. You're kind of old school. And despite what some people got ticked off about, including Terry Bradshaw, by the way, uh, I didn't find what he did so terrible in the Miami game. He didn't play as well as he'd like to have. But I didn't see any – I mean, maybe he shouldn't go on the stands, okay? But, I mean, look, I didn't see anything offensive. Did you? I didn't see anything offensive, and the best thing I saw was the score at the end of the game. Mm, yeah. um, I've just liked a lot of quarterbacks uh, during the game, and I've loved a lot of them at the end of the game when we had more points than the other team. So mm-hmm. whether I was coaching them or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think that's part of it. And I think Florida fans have been so spoiled by the quarterback play for so well, yeah. long. Uh, and then you, you get a guy like uh, Felipe Franks who's gone through a coaching change, gone through a, a coordinator change. Here's the thing that I think with Felipe, buddy, that I think it gets overlooked. Some of his antics, I think he shows so much promise at times. Some of the deep throws that he makes, and he just, you know, he's just such a big, strong athlete that there's this element of hope and optimism that's heaped upon him. And when it doesn't occur, and he plays the same way as he did last week, and it rolls to his left away from the ball side and, you know, throws that ball late, kind of that same mistake. I think that's what fancy over and over, but I think a lot of it is it's kind of shrouded around, look, this is a big, strong kid who can really throw it. And sometimes he gives you a glimpse of what could be, and I think people want that all the time. And I think that's the part with about Felipe is uh, he, just, he, he just hasn't gotten over that hump yet where there's been two or three games in a row that he's shown that brilliance and that flash that you can see it again. Because generally what he does, he follows up a really good game with uh, a poor performance the next time. That's been his his legacy at Florida so far. Now, hopefully he changes that this year. Mm. By the way, did you hear, I have not confirmed this, I've heard it and somebody else posted it, Ja'Kai Polite was cut. Did you hear that? I haven't, I heard No, that. I didn't hear that. Yeah. No. no yeah. Was, uh, somebody said, I wish I, you would. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah I'm some of the guys say, well, I mean, and I'm looking at, I'm looking at my, I have a little thing that I watch here now. That there's, so a Tennessee defensive back just entered the portal transfer portal today hmm. a three-star guy they signed two years ago <laughs> maybe going to georgia state <laughs> just, maybe maybe he got on the bus with them yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a, well some brutal uh, outcomes there and part of you kind of relishes the idea of your opponent getting beat or upset but here's the here's the bad news it hurts florida's schedule to have four of their teams lose and a couple of them that shouldn't have lost because you want them to be win as much as they can until you play them. So that's not good. And, you know, as much as we like to – I know we all like to, to hate on our, our opponents and stuff, but I kind of feel bad for a team that gets beat by Georgia State. You remember when well, Florida – I feel bad for – yeah. I mean, I, I feel bad for the conference just in general. I mean, yeah. you want to hold up the Southeastern Conference. And yeah. If you're Florida, if you're trying to position yourself for a better bowl game or exactly. maybe be one of the top four teams at the end of the year, yeah. you need Tennessee to help you. do. And um, and just think about how it felt to lose to Georgia Southern. That's what it was for them. It's like, oh, yeah. Like, so. uh, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's, well, I took my daughter to that. It was her first ever Florida game when they got beat by Georgia Southern. Yep. Her take, her, this was her three. She was only five years old. Mm, her, okay. her three takes away the game where the band is really loud 
they don't sell enough cotton candy, and people were really mad. That was her big takeaway. Was it, huh? <laughs> <laughs> all probably good observations. Uh, yeah. yeah, and they were all very true. Yeah, but that but was, they were. That was yeah, absolute truth that day. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so Felipe, uh, look, I, I get it. I get people. Danny Werfel is not playing quarterback anymore. Here, I mean, it's just not the way it is. Times are different. Um, I kind of like the kid. I know him a little bit, not a lot. Uh, and just think about this. When he put his finger up to his lips and did a shush in the South Carolina game, he then brought him back for a victory. And everything from that day forward was good for him. So maybe it is to be good to be expressive. It, it does feel a little disrespectful to some people. But, hey, like you said, get the W, right? He hasn't been arrested. He's not doing drugs. And he's yeah. not, you know. Yeah. So, so. Hey, look, I, I see worse stuff. In, a, in the eighth grade football games than he does. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, exactly. I mean, really, I, I'm, 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 saying, I'm not excusing what goes on in society, but I think if you're going to hang your hat on your expectation of comparing him to Danny Werfel and Tim Tebow, yeah. you're not being fair, not only to yourself, but you're not being fair to that kid. He's no. raised in a different time. I mean, no. if the worst thing he does is pump the football into the stands after beating Miami, Mm. I'll give him a whole bag of footballs he can punt every weekend after they get the W. <laughs> Here you go, brother. There you Take go. Another one. There you go they get him. to be proud of you. Here you go. <laughs> Todd, in our final minutes, talk about uh, tomorrow night's Ocala Quarterback Club, uh, this Scott Brantley Trophy, which we gave away last year, the Quarterback Club, and you were the – of course, we call you the Chief Scout, but you kind of do the whole thing. And the tremendous work your committee does and – uh, you know, the other Todd, uh, in doing, uh, you know, getting these, this watch list. And now you've expanded it to eight counties. Uh, these are high school players. They're all set to be seniors. Uh, and they're judged on things besides football. Talk a little bit about that tomorrow night's program. Yeah, so the trophy for the folks that uh, may have heard about it for the first time, it's a trophy that was uh, really Buddy Martin's brainstorming with Scott Brantley, and, and we wanted to honor Scott, but also wanted to take Scott's legacy and bring it to the future with uh, the players that we have nowadays that we could uh, reinforce a lot of the values from the 1970s, if you will. Uh, that commitment, uh, like Scott talked about, loyalty to a program, on the field excellence. So all the things that the trophy represents, uh, we give it to the best player in the uh, eight-county area. Uh, we have scouts that go to games live. Um, we had somebody down last Thursday night watching the Villages and Tiberi's play. I have a lot of guys out this week, uh, not in Marion County, but we'll be on the road watching some other games. And then uh, next week we'll have a huge game in uh, Dinellon and uh, Vanguard at Booster Stadium. So we go out and see the games live. We develop the list based on what the coaches give us. We work with some media members to get some names that we may not know. And we try to develop the best watch list, if you will, uh, from a sense of, who qualifies, who can win the award. We don't put anybody on that list that can't win it. Um, mm. So the guys that will be released and you'll see coming out uh, tomorrow, uh, some of them, we have six ESPN 300 recruits. They're listed mm. on ESPN 300 mm. right tonight. Mm. Um, and so we look at the depth and the quality of players. It is just tremendous. It's a testament to football in this part of Florida, but I give a lot of credit to the high school coaches, guys like Edwin Farmer and Brian Allen up at Lake City. Uh, that do such a great job with their kids and, and their programs. I mean, look at Vanguard. They're ranked uh, number four in Class uh, 5A, and then Lake City, Columbia is ranked number one in Class 6A. Uh, that's uh, two of the counties that we're talking about where we draw from 
to look for players. I mean, we have four other schools that are ranked. Uh, we have eight players on the list that will come from those teams that are ranked currently in the top ten and their classifications. And then we'll get our list as we go down and watch these players and we'll figure out who the next uh, Trent Whittemore is, which is Trent Whittemore who's at Florida now was winner last year. And First one, yeah. We'll spend the whole season uh, getting to where we – I'm the best player that represents this trophy and represents uh, what, it, what it stands for and what it's all about. Well said. Thank you for everything you've been doing on it. I can't wait till tomorrow night to, for the first full meeting, and we're going to have uh, the oldest living Gator football player there. Yeah, he's the oldest living Gator football, according to what they told me, University of Florida will be joining us. He's going to help present the – uh, the, the Founders Award this year goes to a special person. Doug Oswald will be there. So, listen, thanks for everything. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, it, buddy. and, and, and talk to you tomorrow night. Thanks, Todd. All right. Todd Swearingen, who says a lot of things for football around here. And uh, it's been really great to take on uh, this Brantley Trophy and just a lot of good information on recruiting and a uh, very highly respected guy in the community. Let's hear from Dan uh, Hightower. Job-related accidents create incredible stress on your finances, your relationships, and most importantly, your sense of well-being. When the adjuster is not approving benefits you're entitled to by law, you need Dan Hightower to help you understand all of your legal options. Daniel L. Hightower has been fighting for accident victim justice in Ocala and statewide since 1976. Call Daniel L. Hightower today to better understand all your legal options. 352-629-7777. And out to the Gator Bay TV studios here in Ocala at the power plant where the host of the Sunday Gator Update show, Tom Smith, standing by for a few thoughts to share here today. Thomas, how are you? Good, buddy. Good. Uh, you know, uh, counting my blessings uh, from the good Lord above that uh, he saw fit to make Hurricane Dorian stay a little farther away from us than, uh, than we first expected. So I'm happy with that. I think we all feel that way about it, and we hearts go out to the people in the Bahamas. It's just a terrible thing happening to those people down there. We, and we, you know, and there's still more devastation maybe to come, but, boy, we have been blessed in Florida for sure. You wrote a piece for Gator Bait magazine this week about hurricanes in Florida, uh, and uh, they, when you, you can't say Florida football without hurricanes, and it doesn't mean the one in Miami with a capital H. It means the regular H, and, Every now and then we run up against one. So, like somebody said, you know, Florida football, Labor Day, uh, means hurricanes. And so they will not have to worry about it during the game on Saturday. In fact, to be honest, they don't have to worry too much about their opponent. I hear they're a 41-point favorites over UT Martin. Well, you know, there's only – you know, there is force. Everybody says we don't have seasons in Florida, but we do, buddy. We got football season, snowbird season, summer – and hurricane season. Just so happens football season and hurricane season at the same time. I didn't notice that in an almanac, but I have to look it up and see for sure. Uh, <laughs> I'm the trivia yeah. guy, no question. Uh, of course you are. Tom does local trivia here on Ocala and other places, and um, he's much in demand. If you need, need uh, get in touch with him, you can get in touch with him right here. Let us know. Uh, Tom, let's start off with anything, any nuggets you picked up out of Gator Bait Magazine the last uh, week or so. Excuse me. And then follow up with uh, what we think needs to happen for this team to get ready to play a better quality. Although, with the way the opponents fell down over the past couple of days, like Ringer Ronald Rosie's, uh, it maybe doesn't look quite so bad. So, 
First of all, anything you picked up on the magazine or thoughts from the game? I was surprised that Coach Johnson, Jimmy Johnson, or the Fox analyst now, along with our buddy Terry Bradshaw, I was surprised that he you was using his heart, I think his Miami heart, his Miami uh, a loyalty instead of his head when he said that Florida and Miami should play every year. You can't play an SEC schedule and then play Florida State and Miami in the same year every year, or Florida will never be in the hunt for the national championship game because they'll just play 10 games where they play a, almost a rivalry every week. So I didn't think Coach Johnson, when I read that article, I thought Coach Johnson was dead wrong there. But, hey, he's made millions in football. I, I have not, so he may be <laughs> me. I kind of agree with the theory that you do what's right and you figure it out. You think you you think you got to do what's right and figure it out and figure out how to get a true state championship again? Well, let me just say this: F- football attendance is waning somewhat. TV ratings are down in some areas. The SEC is in good health and everything is going well there, but they're charging a lot of money for those tickets, Tom. And I'm just going to be honest: it's tough to have to want to pay seventy five dollars for a ticket to see UT uh, Martin play against the Gators. And in my mind, none of those games should exist on the schedule. When they tighten this thing up, ultimately, and they get it down to where I've been wanting to do for 30 years, which is play all quality teams and forget about the conference obligations and play good teams and good programs and stop with the cupcakes, then we'll have a real champion. But if you look at Alabama's schedule, they should be penalized big time on strength of schedule, uh, and they should not. They should be hurt by that. And when it gets down to the – final days of picking it, that should come into play. Strength of schedule has got to be a factor, and I think that's one way to do it. Take these these cupcakes and put a real team on them. Well, speaking of strength of schedule, how bad did Florida's strength of schedule get hurt by the opening week of college? Took a beating with four of their opponents going down. Some of them we expected. We knew, obviously, that Georgia Vanderbilt, one of them had to lose. Right. And we knew it would probably be Vanderbilt. Yeah. But come on. I heard Smokey. This is a rumor, but I heard yeah. Smokey has filed for the transfer yeah, portal. I know. That joke, that joke's been around all weekend, but that was funny the first time I heard it, I will say. Um, so, so yeah, so you can beat up on them. They beat up on FSU. The joke now about the fact that uh, that they weren't properly hydrated, and it's probably true, by the way. And then you go into things like Missouri has no business getting beat by Wyoming, although Wyoming, as we said over the weekend on the weekend show, is a good football program. The SEC team ought not lose like that. So there were some embarrassing losses for the SEC and for the Gators' opponents. Four of them lost. So that doesn't help your schedule, your strength of schedule. You're right. Well, let's let's talk about this, though. Not only did four of the Gators' schedule lose, uh, it was only a 14-point win for Kentucky. Mm-hmm. They had to play their hearts out to win that football game. Mississippi State barely wins against, I think they played Louisiana Lafayette. Is that right? They win by 10, 38-28. Ole Miss, Ole Miss loses to Memphis. Mm-hmm. So, well, yeah. the SEC didn't look – and Florida 24-20 in a bad game against Miami in this week zero – the SEC, except for Auburn's win at Oregon and Alabama's win and Georgia beating Vandy, the SEC didn't look that that good. Well, I'm not like, I'm not I'm not big into style points. People get carried away, you know. I mean, I, I granted they should not have lost. Certainly, Tennessee should not have lost that ball game. Credit, by the way, to uh, to Georgia State too for being huh. a better better team than we thought they were. But I'm not ex- I'm not ready to throw out everybody after they lose a game. Now, it's a trend. I guess you wouldn't say it's a trend yet. 
but it could become a trend. If it does become a trend, then we got some people in trouble, including Will Muschamp. It's just one of those things that make you go, hmm, I need to pay a little more close attention because we kind of took for granted the SEC would run roughshod pretty much over everybody this weekend because of the way the schedule looked, and it didn't happen that way, mm-hmm. except for the LSU game. Now, now they run roughshod over whoever. I forget who they played, but Joe, they run roughshod. Joe Burrow looked really good. Um, and so we got the memos on the shirts. That's good today. We got our new Gator Bait show shirts on here. One day we'll maybe give one away on the show. But let's do this real now. Right now, I got about 65, 70 seconds to go. And let's get your your take on this and your thoughts and then tease us with a little trivia. Well, this weekend, uh, the, the, the Gator Bait will be out in force at the UC Martin game this weekend. I, I'm looking for, you know, I challenge people, if you're interested in Gator Bait Magazine, GatorBaitMedia.com, I challenge you, come find somebody with a Gator Bait shirt on, come find Buddy, Brendan, somebody, and ask, how do I get involved? It's real easy. Go to bait, GatorBaitMedia.com, and you can sign up right there on the front page. You get the Buddy Martin show. You get the weekend wrap-up show. There's a recruiting show that's on its way out. You get the articles from Cassidy Hill, from Franz Beard, from Buddy Martin, you can ignore the back the back column. It's not that good. But you also, and the website. You get the website. That's what I'm saying with mm-hmm. the forums, mm-hmm. where you get Quentin Cruz. Quentin is all over it with his mm-hmm. with his stuff with his inside information he has on recruiting and everything. Mm-hmm. There's a plethora of stuff you can get. And buddy, it's less than a hundred dollars a year. Yeah. What do you get? That's like that one to cover your Starbucks bill. No. 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 One Starbucks, you cut out one Starbucks a week, you pay for it. There you go. All right, Tom, nothing really to talk about with the upcoming game. Uh, you just want to get out of there with injuries and then go on down the line and see if you can win against Kentucky. And you got an opportunity to get up to 3 or 4-0 no, to, to get the heart of the schedule. We'll see. I don't think. Uh, you taking 41 points, by the way? Um, yeah, I'm taking 41 points because I think the offense will be better this time because I think they've worked for two weeks to get over the kinks they had in Miami. I'm very interested to see. Uh, the first thing I want to see is the handoff on the uh, zone read between Felipe Franks and P, uh, Michael P. Ryan. Mm-hmm. And I also am uh, wanting to see uh, if Felipe Franks sometimes just throws the ball away instead of uh, throwing it to uh, the other team. I'm interested to see both those. He, does. he hasn't thrown many picks. He didn't throw any of the last four games. We'll see. By the way, you're not taking it. You're giving it the 41. I'm giving 41. Yeah, there you go. All right, Tom Schmidt. You can catch him in the magazine. He's a trivia expert. You can catch him on the Gator Update. Uh, Gator Bay Update on Sunday. You can catch him here on the show on Tuesdays. He's everywhere. Tom Schmidt's the trivia editor. Thanks, Tom. See you, buddy. All right, thanks to Tom Schmitz there. And coming up right now, we're going to be talking to uh, David Molson while I tell you about Renstar Medical Research, Superior Medical Research Facility, doing some interesting things and good things in our community out there. Uh, Proven Reputation is a high-quality, patient-centered clinical research facility. Renstar Medical Research brings cutting-edge clinical research to trials in Ocala, such as Alzheimer's disease, psoriasis, osteoarthritis, migraine, and fibromyalgia, along with many other conditions that affect our community. <clears throat> Clinical research studies are regulated by the FDA and safety is closely monitored by independent review board. You get a free memory evaluation. If you're concerned about our experience in memory decline, 
You are eligible to receive a free memory evaluation. If you're experiencing symptoms of memory loss, regardless of whether you've been diagnosed with Alzheimer's or dementia or not, you can be eligible for one of the currently enrolling clinical research studies. Check them out. You can go online to www.renstar.net or you can call them at 352-629-5800. Find out what it means when they say Renstar Medical Research seeking tomorrow's answers to the health questions of today. Okay, time to talk to our good friend down in South Florida, Southwest Florida. He's missed the, the hurricanes, missed him. He's safe and dry and warm, and uh, we're glad of that. And it's David Moulton. David, how you doing? Good, buddy. How are you? How you been? Uh, I've been okay, and now I'm a lot better. And uh, we are just talking earlier about how we always talk about it's such a Seinfeld moment thing. And you say, boy, hurricane missed me. I'm, I'm good, you know. You forget there are people in harm's way that's going toward them, you know. But uh, it is good that Florida didn't take the beating that could have taken, and it didn't come ashore, and it doesn't look like it's going to come ashore. But who knows about hurricanes? You never know, do you? No. I mean, uh, we've been hit in the southwestern part of the state. We've been hit with four of them in the last 15 years, and three of the four, we weren't supposed to get hit at all. I remember so, Charlie all too well. The, <laughs> Charlie yeah. Was, yeah. And, I mean, you know, Charlie was supposed mm-hmm. to go right by Southwest Florida and go right to yep. Tampa. And it would have, I mean, changed downtown Tampa forever if, you know, if it had gone as predicted. But uh, with about four hours' notice, it bobbled and moved to the right. And, uh, you know, remember Irma two years ago was supposed to hit Miami? And instead went right up by 75. Mm-hmm. Knocked a tree uh, down my, in my backyard on top of my roof. I had to get a new roof because of Irma. Right. So Yeah, same here. The roof and, yeah. uh, and a pool catch. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there you go. So, well, David, uh, the question on the floor at night, I know you've looked at this a lot from afar and you have some thoughts, and it has to do with behavior of quarterbacks and players, and you get your divergent opinions. And, uh, you know, uh, and let's be honest about it, uh, Felipe Franks is a little bit of a lightning rod, but after the game, the <laughs> Miami game, I didn't see all that much that concerned me. But a lot of people spoke out against it and really came on, came after him. I guess you could say he invites some of it. The old school guys don't like it, but in his in his team, he, he didn't he didn't kill anybody. He didn't not a drug addict. He didn't you know he's not kicked out of school. Or he didn't attack a woman. He he gets a little bit uh, hot dogish. And would I prefer he didn't? Yeah, but I understand this is the way the game is played by a lot of people, and maybe his teammates like it. Anyway, why do people hate Felipe Franks? Uh, Because they don't think he's good enough. And so they're stuck with him, and they want somebody else. And so they take their frustration out on Felipe Franks. I mean, he is what he is. He's above average. He's the best that the Gators have at this point in time. But, I mean, he's not going to take Gators where Gator fans want him to go. And I think by now, Gator fans know that. Mm -hmm. And that frustrates them because they feel as if they're spinning their wheels and they're wasting time. And, And in a way, they are. I mean, you're not making up ground on who you need to make up ground with Felipe Franks. You're not. Now, it's not the only position that they have to make up ground at, but it's the most important one. And, I mean, that's 
that's just a fact of life. I mean, he is what he is. And, you know, he, he's okay. He's fine. Some days he's better than that. I mean, you know, he's had a couple of games here where he's been terrific in his career. Had the legendary pass to beat Tennessee two years ago. But, you know, in the grand scheme of things, he, when his time is done, people will probably go, well, he was okay. He was a placeholder. We need to do better. Hmm. Some of the best minds I know in the business don't agree with you. Um, yeah, and- well, uh, no offense. No offense, buddy. Uh, have you watched him play? Sure, of I course. Mean, the track record is the track record. I mean, I'm sorry. Well, I'm 11 and 4 ain't shabby. Otherwise. 11 and 4 isn't terrible. You know, that's not bad as a starter. Yeah, but, no. it's not a, but it's not on him. I mean, Jeff Driscoll went 12 and 1 one year. So don't give me one loss. Well, okay. I mean, uh, yeah, okay, but Jeff Driscoll's number were not nearly as good as what Frank's or is going to. But anyway, I could argue this all. We argued it all last year. And I won last year. We'll see who wins this year. I'm not saying he ought to win the Heisman, but I have a lot of respect for Spurrier. And Spurrier, well, you and, did, uh, in fairness, though, you didn't win it until about I mean, mid-November. I was still winning. He had a really good final four games. He didn't pick up where he left off against Miami. Now, Miami's good defensively. But come on now, all the hype. I mean, I, I took eight months of hype about Felipe Franks. Mm-hmm. And he went out there and looked like the guy who played against Kentucky last year. I mean, he was not good. So you're, you're in the school of saying he, re- you say he regress is what you're saying. Well, he didn't have a good week one. He didn't well, pick up where he left off and get okay. better. I get that. He didn't play the – I mean, he needs to be a hell of a lot better than that if the Gators are going to – I mean, there are six really good teams in the SEC. I think that's been proven. Now, there may be a soft underbelly that hasn't been there in a while, but you've got Georgia and Florida in the east, and you've got Alabama, LSU, A&M, and Auburn in the west. And Florida's got to play what? Georgia, LSU, and Auburn. So of the five teams that they could possibly play, they got to play three of them. And they and could win two? They could win one and well, win ten games. Well, and they can win all three, but I'm just no. Saying. They, they, I'm saying they only have to win one of those three to, to if they win the rest of them to get to ten, which is where I have them. right. Um, and I don't That's think we're true. I don't think we're saying that Florida's at that level yet, or that Franks is the best quarterback in the league by far. But if you look at the other quarterbacks and what happened to some of those guys this past week, including Bentley getting hurt, uh, including uh, Trevor Lawrence, what did set the world on fire, by the way. Uh, and, and, you know, we'll see. I, I'm betting on Frank's having a good year. I don't, uh, I don't know. I, I'll put it like this. If they win 10 games and he throws 30 touchdown passes, which he could easily do, um, uh, you know, I, I, and doesn't turn the ball over a bunch, I, he's had a really good year in my opinion. I, you asked me yeah. the question. And I'm responding to okay. it. That's you, all. You, no, yeah, you don't like the answer, but no, I don't care about the answer. Opinion. No, it doesn't matter about the answer. I'm good with you. What you say, I want your opinion. And, and I, you asked me why Felipe Franks yeah. gets a lot of grief, and I'm just telling you that I believe this is how Gator fans feel. The other thing is, is that you're more understanding than I think a lot of fans. I mean, this is how a Gator fan looks at it. Felipe Franks is a junior. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the quarterback at Georgia is a junior. The quarterback at Alabama is a junior. I mean, no offense, they got better juniors. 
Well, the, the, okay. let me just insert. These are two of the best quarterbacks ever to play in the SEC. So it didn't like these well, guys I'm fell off the back of a truck. Well, they are. You don't think two is one of the best to ever play in the league? Well, I I wasn't willing to go there with Fromm yet. He's a very good quarterback. I don't know if I'd make him a legendary quarterback yet, but um, I, I just feel that Gator fan. You got to remember, this is the Florida. This is Spurrier. This is Werfel. This is Tebow. You know, I think what Gator fans would love, they would love Chris Leak. Can you give? They me, didn't. They didn't love Chris Leak. They didn't really like. No, Chris no, no. Lee. But I'm saying. I'm saying now. I'm oh. saying. Could you give me? a consistent level of performance that I think Gator fans don't like the up and down. They don't want a quarterback who's up and down because at some point you just conclude, well, he's never going to be what we need him to be. That would be a fascinating question to ask people. If you could get Chris Leak in his prime over, over Felipe, would you take him? God, I would hope the answer would be hell. Yeah. Hmm. Hell yeah! Well, now remember, I mean, he's got he two more very, years. He's got he was, still got two more years here too. So you know, see, so he, he yeah, can still give if he I gets mean, better. So anyway, so all right, so that's your answer. But, uh, but Chris Leak is a freshman, went in a Death Valley and beat the number one ranked LSU Tigers, who ended up uh, splitting a national championship. Yeah, he had a nice win there, uh, but you know, he didn't have a great career. I mean, he'd be in the end. I remember they had doubts about him in the championship year. Right toward the end, oh, a lot of doubts and concern about him, and you know, and it really was the oh, FSU yeah. game where he kind of busted out, and you know, he wouldn't run the ball at all, hardly. Remember that one touchdown he ran oh. in and turned the top flip, and so I mean, I'm just saying, Chris League was a nice little quarterback. I'm not going to build a national. That team was loaded with defensive players. Chris League just was a manager. He did okay, uh, but he will not go down as one of the great quarterbacks at Florida. Although he's starting to be. One of the best. So, no, he will not go down as a great quarterback, but he was better than Felipe Franks, and he was far more consistent than Felipe Franks. Yeah, in four years. Well, yeah, I agree so with you Felipe, on that. Yeah, I agree Felipe, with you. Felipe could Felipe could run. Chris couldn't run. Chris was a pocket passer. Mm-hmm. So, I, Chris in this offense, you know, it's why Tebow worked so well. Chris threw the ball. Tebow ran it. And they, Dan and Urban, worked it uh, perfectly. But, mm-hmm. oh, buddy, I remember Leak's senior year. He, they were trailing Alabama 10 nothing at home. I think it was late September in a game. And Chris Leak threw a pass out in the flat. And an Alabama DB had it in his hands. And if he catches it, he's got 25 yards in front of him. No one's going to catch him. It's going to be 17 nothing Alabama. And Leak's going to get benched. And it's going to be Tim Tebow time a month into his college career. And that kid dropped the ball, and Urban stayed with Leak, and they got through that week. And Urban had a couple opportunities that year in which he could have pulled the plug on Chris. And he just thought, you know what? I, I, I think we're going to need him to ultimately do what we need to do. And he turned out to be right. But, oh, yeah. That was a bit of a high wire act, no question about it. I think probably what I see in Franks is he's not my ideal quarterback, and he's not a guy that necessarily I would, you know, I, I'm sticking with him right now because he's the best option. 
But what I like about him in Mullen's offense, he reminds me so much of the quarterbacks he had at Mississippi State. You know, very simple, big guys who can run the football. He's pretty fast. He's got a he's got a strong arm, not as accurate as he should be, but he when they can run that that quarterback keeper down there in the red zone, it's a whole other game because you got you no know, nobody, nobody covers the, the quarterback, you know, so it's, it gives them a whole other anyway. Big strong guy who can take a hit. Anyway, it's an endless argument. I guess we'll have to see how it plays out. But uh, all right, so now um, uh, what shocked you more? Well, I know Tennessee shocked you. Obviously, Florida State uh-huh. probably a little uh-huh. bit of one. Uh-huh. Uh, what what was the what was the biggest shock for you of the weekend? Oh well, Tennessee. I mean, that's arguably the worst loss in school history. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really is if you think mm-hmm. about it. I mean, they were nearly four full touchdown favorites at home against a team that went two and ten mm-hmm. last year. And year mm-hmm. two of a program, my goodness. Mm-hmm. I mean that that's embarrassing. That even trumps South Florida forty nine nothing. I mean, you know, Charlie needs to start planning for living somewhere that's else. It's pretty bad. That, that, I agree with you. Yeah. He he might as well pack his that's, bags. Yeah, yeah. I mean unless uh, unless that was just a case of what could go wrong did go wrong and he can somehow, some way salvage a season. But you know, the top of the Americans pretty good. Memphis and Cincy and UCF so they might struggle just to go to a bowl. Um, you know, I don't think Florida State is the Armageddon loss that the Tennessee loss seems to be. It was not a good loss. I mean, you, you get shut out in the second half. You have a 24-6 lead at home. They've blown two 15-plus point leads in like the last 40 years, and both of them are on Willie Taggart. That's not good since he's 13 games into a career. Mm-hmm. So, but I got to admit, they didn't look as big of a train wreck as they did last year. I mean, last year they looked like Tennessee against Georgia State. And, I mean, Boise might very well go undefeated. Yeah, you know how good they are. But, Just like Wisconsin might be a top-five team. You never know. I mean, they yeah, look I mean, great. Who knows? They have, a, they have a very tough schedule. So that was uh, – but then again, their tailback might win the Heisman. Taylor looks like he's every bit one of the five finalists. Right now, now you're catching yeah. the ball too, and and it's first touchdown passes. That kid was really, you know, Wisconsin's always going to have a running back. They always going to. This guy, yeah. I didn't want to be impressed by him, but I was. So I got to give him props. Oh, there's uh, no way not to. I remember, he scored four touchdowns and then nearly 200 total yards of offense. He only touched yeah. the ball 18 times. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, anyway, we'll see uh, Cupcake Weekend, and then we'll see what Florida does against Kentucky. Whether FSU can write, and right now there's not a whole lot of good football teams in the state of Florida, uh, you know, and except maybe for UCF and and maybe the Gators, we'll see. But boy, I tell you, it's uh, going down bad in some places. I think Miami will be decent. I think Miami's going to win eight, nine, maybe ten games. Some people think they won't lose a game in the ACC. The quarterback. Well, I mean, sort of, they were they were nearly the pick to win that mm-hmm. side. I mean, I think Virginia beat them by about six points in terms of being the pick. So mm-hmm. they could very well get to Charlotte. Mm-hmm. No question about it. And they're only going to get better. But yeah, it was a disappointing week one. South Florida was terrible. A bad loss for Florida State. For that matter, FIU. I mean, well, that was what was that final game. score? They were, I mean, they lost by four touchdowns at Tulane. Really? In the sakes, they were a three-point dog. It oh. was a dismal effort. Mm. Well, I mean, it's it, it, it's going to be a long season in some quarters. But, uh, hey, football's back. 
And uh, what's your first game? Uh, CBS has Alabama at South Carolina, not this Saturday, but the following Saturday. And then, uh, and then we'll have a double header the following weekend, but, uh, Brad and Gary will be in Athens for Notre Dame, Georgia. Well, you better, uh, take a shovel to Athens. I mean, to Columbia, cause it's not good up there. Uh, no, but, uh, this kid's a five star and he'll get one yeah. game under his belt. Yeah, and, we'll uh, see. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, listen, Will can usually get his team to play defense, but the fact they gave up 500 yards to North Carolina, that, that. And blew the lead and uh, made Mac Brown look like, yeah. a, you know, the second coming of Vince Lombardi. So, but, uh, all right, my man, listen, I know you got to get up early tomorrow. I appreciate you coming on the program tonight. Good to talk to you again. Glad you're back. And, uh, we'll see you along the Sawdust Trail someplace. I know you won't be at Tennessee Martin. That's for sure. And well, keep, my hope is maybe a little far at Auburn action. That'll be good. That's going to be going to be yeah. interesting. Right now, I like Auburn in that game, and I said that before uh, last well, game, right before before they played against Oregon. I said that. So they just look like a team that causes Florida matchup problems, in my opinion. We'll see. We'll, well see. Well, I, somebody who, somebody who knows Auburn well told me that this might be the most talented Auburn mm. team. Since their national championship, really, team. I wouldn't doubt that's that. That's how yeah. deep they are. I wouldn't doubt it. That that's how deep they are, yeah. and yet that may still only get them fourth in the West because the top of the West yeah. is loaded. Yeah, David Moulton, he's the king of Southwest Florida. Does a show there, does shows on national networks, does CBS football, and counts his money uh, in poker every week. Wow, yeah, puts in. Puts it in tomato cans in the backyard, and he's got tons of it. Thank you, David. Right. Have a good night. Buddy, anytime. <laughs> Thanks, All right, David Bolton. David, David, yeah. Um, we do have a few disagreements with David, but we love it. It would be boring if we didn't have a few differences of opinion, right? And, and David brings a good perspective. So glad your power's back on in Palatka there. And that uh, from Nolan Richard and Kyle McGraw Long and Coco, glad you still got power. Glad all of you got power. Um, hope you're doing the, you're well, and hope this thing is going to get folks through the night and start tomorrow, and just keep those prayers coming. All right. I do want to do one thing. I have, uh, yeah. Thank you, Christopher White, for saying that. Yeah, get a nation, kingdom, family. You're exactly right. That's what we are. The Crown Prince wanted to be here tonight. I guess he couldn't make it, but. Uh, he wants to show you guys a little love. He's got some things planned. We're talking to you about those. I do want to speak of love. I do want to say this. This adorable girl, it's her birthday today. And uh, this week, she had a big birthday. And this is her way she celebrated. That's Rebecca, my youngest daughter. And uh, she said, I want this to be my official picture. And um, when she was a baby, uh, I once held her up and said uh, to her mother, we misnamed this girl Rebecca. She should have been called Smiley because she always had a smile on her face. It's always so delightful to be around. So happy birthday, honey. Love you. You look wonderful. And I hope we spend the next one. Well, we'll, we'll celebrate the birthday next time we get together. You live up there in Pennsylvania. So happy birthday, you back. Love you. All right. Uh, one more little note before we say goodnight. Uh, I want to thank our sponsors. As always, uh, thank our, the good folks at Griner's. Uh, 
uh, where uh, I like to shop for clothes. I got to go by and see them this week, as a matter of fact. Uh, Grinding's been around for a long time. Ocala tradition since 19. It's the last 62 years. Let me get my copy over here. I should know this by heart. Um, and uh, they have a variety of clothing, uh, from anyway from shirts, uh, t-shirts, dress shirts, ties, suits, sport coats, shoes. They have it all. It's very high quality clothing and high quality customer service. I love going into a store where I feel comfortable. I don't have people harassing me, trying to sell me something I don't want, uh, and and saying, "Can I help you? Can I help you?" Just letting you walk around and look, and you tell them when you're ready to look at something. They don't have your size. They order it for you. They have on-the-premises tailors right there. Uh, they've got everything you need for any occasion. I urge you, if you're in the neighborhood, or even if you want to drive up, on Silver Springs Boulevard, 405 East Silver Springs Boulevard, go by Grinders. See the good people there, uh, David and Brandon and the team, uh, and uh, see what they got for you. So you'll be impressed. And they've been doing it for a long time. And Ocala tradition since 1962. Grinders clothing for men. And then we say goodnight to my friends at Mark's Prime Steakhouse and Seafood. Put a little food up on the screen and get a little hungry. Ooh, there's that cheesecake again. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Yeah, so you know about Mark's by now. We talk about him a lot on this show. Mark's Prime Steakhouse, two locations to serve you, Ocala and Gainesville. They, you go there, you have a special night out. Uh, they'll make it special with their food, their service, premium wines, uh, fresh vegetables, terrific steaks, good, really good seafood. Uh, go by and check them out and see for yourself. It's one of the best restaurants I've ever eaten in, and I go there often, and I'm never disappointed, and you won't be either. Ocala, 352-402-0097 downtown. Gainesville, 352-336-0077. Go online at marksprimesteakhouse.com. Make a reservation because uh, you're not going to get in probably the weekend if you don't. And I would urge you to do it the day ahead of time because they have a lot of people who want to eat there. And they should. Mark's Prime Steakhouse with a goal to create a unique dining experience just for you. All right, folks. Thank you. Interesting show tonight. Thank you for your time. Uh, head ball coach tomorrow night going to join the program. We'll talk to him. And uh, we'll share our, our information we get from the Ocala Quarterback Club and the watch list and all that. Have a good evening, everybody. Good night.